My pregnant wife was killed in a workplace accident. I moved back to my hometown and connected with a woman who, after moving in with me, cheated on me with a close friend. I set him up to take the fall for a drug possession charge, and after sending her away on a spa retreat, I rented out my house and left town for a promotion while exposing her as a cheater. So here's the backstory. My wife Rachel and I grew up in a largish town of close to 30,000 people. We knew each other at an early age, roughly six or seven years old, I can't specifically remember, and we were practically inseparable. At 16 years old, we started dating each other. When we turned 18, we moved away for work in a city just a few hours drive away. By 20 years old, we were married and bought our first house. At 22, we discovered that she was pregnant with the boy. It was then that disaster struck. About five weeks before she was due to go on maternity leave, a large shelving unit collapsed and crushed her. I was told that both her and our child were killed instantly. Two of her colleagues had also been injured in the accident. One was left paralyzed. The other lost his leg after it had to be amputated. The company she was working for had in a cost-cutting measure decided to continue using old shelving that had been written off as unsafe instead of replacing it. I still haven't quite forgiven those executives and management personnel for making that decision because they cut short the love of my life as well as killing our unborn child. It wasn't long after I was told I had a choice on how I wanted to proceed with what her company called compensation, but what I call blood money. They wanted to settle out of court to avoid a lawsuit. I, on the other hand, was out for their blood. Fortunately, due to the coverage that it got involving several politicians, the case was settled quickly in court, roughly three years, in which the payout for all the parties was close to 10 times the amount that they had initially offered. A lot of fines were given to them for breaches on work, health and safety. Executives were sacked, others were jailed, etc. This whole part is maybe a story for another time, but in this story, in this time, I was still working in my job in telecommunications. My mother, bless her soul, had moved in with me while this is all happening to help me. I think I would have fallen apart if she hadn't been as involved as she was. It was around this time I was offered a promotion, but it involved a lot of travel around the state. I made a request to have an office in my hometown's branch as I wanted to not only take care of business in the state, but in my hometown also, as there was no business representative located there, to which they agreed. After a few months, we settled into a routine of one to two weeks in the city office, one week in my hometown, and one to two weeks visiting the rest of the state. After a year, I decided to buy a house in my hometown, so I wasn't having to stay at my parents' place every week, or so that I was home and that I could come and go as I pleased. This is important for later on in the story. It's about four years later that our story begins. I had just returned home from one of my trips on Friday and was checking in some stuff at my office when Harry, the branch's managing director, walked in. We had grown up together also, but had gone to different schools. But since coming back had developed a very close friendship. He asked how things were and asked me if I wanted to come to a house party that he was having that evening. Short notice and all, but I said yes. I felt like a few drinks with friends were in order. It was there that Harry introduced me to Catherine. She was a new hire at the branch where my hometown office was and was getting to know everyone being new in town. We hit it off immediately. As much of a cliche as it sounds, it was almost as if Rachel was in front of me instead of Catherine. I won't bore you too much with the details, but after two years of dating, we decided 
decided to take the next step and she moved into my hometown's house. Everything up to this point had been going really well. Catherine and my parents got along and Rachel's parents had also approved and we were happy that someone could make me just as happy as Rachel had done. All was going well for close to a year when things began to change. Skype sessions were cut short suddenly. Neighbors would tell me about how a car described to me like it was Harry's always seemed parked in the back alley near my house whenever I was away. Some clothes that weren't mine were in my wardrobe. All signs pointed to her cheating, but she said that nothing was happening. She said that Harry would come over occasionally to discuss business, etc., but he never stayed the night. I chalked it up to me being paranoid and continued on as if nothing was wrong, but there was always this feeling that something wasn't right. It was close to six months after that I discovered she had been lying to me. I had just finished closing a rather large contract with a new company and negotiations had wrapped up earlier than I had anticipated. So instead of sticking around for the next few days, I decided to pay for an early flight home and surprise everyone. Fast forward a few hours and I drive into my hometown and down the alley behind my house so that I could get into the house without being seen and surprise Catherine. Some part of me was curious, however, as to whether or not this mystery car was there. Sure enough, there was a car that was blocking the back entrance gates. I was confused for a moment, wondering if it had just been a neglectful neighbor parking only to realize that it was actually indeed Harry's car. If it hadn't been for the high hedge line that I put in a few years back for privacy, I may have well driven past my own place. Pulling up behind his car, I got out and thought it was strange that he was there so late, as she claimed that he always had left by now. As I approached the back of the house, I saw something that made my stomach drop. In my kitchen, Catherine and Harry were going at it, hammer and tong. I froze. Time stopped. There was my close friend doing it on my kitchen bench with my girlfriend. I didn't know what to do. So many questions were running through my head. Was this real or was I dreaming? Why were they doing it in my house? Feeling defeated, I turned and left without them seeing me. I sat in my car for what felt like an eternity. I was crying hard, but the sadness quickly turned into anger. The same kind of anger I felt towards those that were responsible for Rachel's death. I wanted to hurt them badly. As a pacifist, I don't believe in violence. It was then I knew I was going to punish them and destroy their lives. And what a better time to start than now. I moved my car back up the alley far enough from the driveway that I could still see Harry's car and then walked back to the gate where I could see into the house and called her phone. They were still going for it when it rang. They both looked at the caller ID and did a double take when my name came up. I could see that she was considering answering it and they let it ring out. After a few moments, they were back into it again and I dialed once again. This time she did answer. As she was answering, I hung up and made my way back to my car. As soon as I did, she called me back. She asked why I was calling as late as I was and I told her I was about 10 minutes from home and I didn't want to scare her coming in. She, obviously, was shocked and acted happy that I was coming and the call ended very quickly after she said she was going to get up and get changed into something. I said goodbye and hung up. A few moments later, Harry came peeling through the gate, still half naked, jumped into his car and took off like a bat out of hell. I smiled a little knowing the fear from being so close to being caught. I waited a few moments before turning my car into the same place Harry had just been moments earlier. The night was fairly uneventful afterwards, and it wasn't until after that she was asleep that I got up and went to my office down the hall. I couldn't sleep. I needed to plan, and plan I did. The revenge. My mother always taught me to be a pacifist and to allow cosmic karma to take its course, but on this occasion, I decided that karma could use a helping hand. I decided to punish them separately, but destroy 
both of them. I knew that Harry had a drug habit. Nothing major, but he kept it very private. I only knew about it accidentally after seeing some drugs left out at his place, but I pretended I hadn't seen it when he made attempts to cover it up. I began calling some of my more unsavory clientele and made a few discreet inquiries into obtaining some samples that they were willing to part with. A few days later, I had a decent enough stash for my plan to work out. About a month later, I had friends, including Harry, around for barbecue night. After making sure I had sufficiently liquored up Harry, I told him to stay the night and sleep it off. In the early hours of that morning, I took the drugs and an assortment of my personal belongings and placed them at various places around his car, with the biggest stash in his tire well. Confident that he wouldn't find them over the few months as the rest of my plan took effect, I locked the car up and went inside to sleep. I also placed some more drugs and personal items in his house after driving him home because he was still too sloshed to drive. A few days later, I staged a break-in by smashing the back pane of my back door into my kitchen and leaving it open before heading back to the city for a flight. I had several messages the moment I landed. One, from my clearly panicked mom who had found the back door smashed open and had called the police. One from Catherine in tears and one from the local police asking me to call. After returning all the calls, I informed the police that I was away on business and that I would be back the following week to talk with them. While away, I got Catherine to stay with my parents until I got back and asked my dad to organize one of the local security companies to install cameras and an alarm system after getting the go-ahead from the police as to not ruin the scene of the crime. After getting home, I did the usual, my God, I can't believe this happened and why would anyone do this routine? After doing a thorough check of everywhere, finding that the items I had taken were missing and filing a police report, I had the security company's rep talk Catherine and I through how the cameras and alarm system work. Then came the question I had been waiting for. The question of what happens if we are doing some business and don't want it recorded. She acted a bit shy asking this question, but I knew exactly the reason she was asking. He assured us this was a question he got asked a lot, and we were shown on the home computer if we wanted to be doing things without it being recorded, how to stop the recording for certain cameras so that we could protect her modesty. As I was walking him out, I asked if the cameras were turned off, could a notification be sent out just as a security precaution. He came back in and helped me through how to set up email notifications and left shortly after. Fantastic. All I had to do was wait. At this stage, I approached the legal advice subreddit for some help in relation to couples law in my country. I needed to make sure that my upcoming plan could legally be done and that I would not be forced to pay out any money or equity to Catherine as I didn't know if we were classified as a de facto couple or not. Being the sole benefactor of Rachel's estate, I didn't want to be left with any nasty surprises where Catherine could take any of the estate away from me. Shout out to those guys and gals as they helped me get in contact with a great lawyer who assured me due to the fact that although we had been dating for close to four years, we had not been living together long enough to be classified as de facto. And because I was paying all the utilities on the property that she was living in and didn't pay rent, it showed that she had no legal standing to make a financial claim against me. Just to be sure though, he drew up what I felt was a pretty ironclad document just in case there was any legal trouble. The following week, my work had approached me and offered me a promotion to move back to the city and run the team that I was a part of, meaning I wouldn't need to travel as often and I would be in one location due to the success of being located in my hometown that they were considering having three to five representatives spend one to two weeks in the larger surrounding 
surrounding towns, including my hometown, as part of my team. I said yes, and I began the process of beginning my transfer, which would take about six weeks. Perfect. More than enough time to gather all my evidence. Upon getting back to my hometown the following week, I began to start in motion the rest of my plan. I asked Harry to approve one week's worth of vacation for Catherine for two weeks' time. I wanted to send her and a friend or two away on a retreat before I made the biggest decision of my life for a second time. He jumped up and gave me a huge hug, congratulating me on being prepared to take the leap again. I hugged him back tight, but not the way I think he imagined it at the time. He agreed and blocked out the week for me. I asked him not to say anything to anyone as I wanted to make it as big of a surprise as I could. I knew that it would spread like wildfire around the office regardless, but that was my plan. That night I told Catherine that I had booked her and two friends to go to a tropical spa resort, all expenses paid for a week. No questions asked. She picked two friends and come back to the biggest surprise of her life. She screamed like a kid who had just been told that all the candy in the candy shop was hers to have. I then told her that the following week I was going to spend it in the city preparing for a large client who was one of my biggest accounts and that I needed some people in my team to help before flying out the following week and I wouldn't be home until the Monday that she was leaving so I wouldn't be able to see her which seemed to disappoint her but I told her it would be worth it when she returned. What I failed to tell her was that I had decided to take two weeks vacation on the other side of the country mentally preparing myself for the storm that was about to erupt the moment she stepped foot on the plane as well as enjoying my first stage of freedom. On Sunday two weeks later I flew back and began driving home. Once getting there, I did a quick pass around my house and sure enough, Harry's car was there. Like the first night I had caught them, I parked a little ways back and checked the cameras, asleep in my bed. No surprise, honestly, as I had recorded them constantly do this over the two weeks I had been away. I then made my first call to the police blocking my caller ID. I told them that I was one of my neighbors and saw someone hanging around in their car in the alley behind my house and occasionally passing something through the window to passing cars while also looking into my yard and I was concerned they were dealing drugs or going to break into someone's property. I gave them his license plate and description. They said they would have somebody there in a few minutes, so I thanked them and hung up. I then called Catherine and told her that I was about 10 minutes from home and that I knew that she was flying out tomorrow, but desperately wanted to surprise her. Looking back at the footage now, I laugh at the commotion that I am surprised I didn't hear. In a few short seconds, Harry was half-dressed and flying out the back door to his car. At that point, I couldn't have asked for a more perfect scene. As Harry was peeling away, one of the police cars rounded the corner behind me, saw Harry driving away fast and gave chase. After pulling in, greeting an excited Catherine and doing all the couple things, she fell asleep again. I, on the other hand, couldn't sleep a wink. The next day, her and her friends were bundled into a car. After they drove away, I had to wait a few hours, but I began to execute my plan. I called my friend, who was a removalist, and apologized for the late notice, but needed my place packed and moved on Friday. After agreeing on a time, I told him that he would need to take certain boxes to a storage facility, which he said wasn't an issue. Then I began packing Catherine's belongings. Later that day, I got a call from the police for me to come and identify some property that they had apprehended from a suspect the previous night that fit the description of property I had reported stolen. I grinned to myself, happy that my plan for Harry had grown to fruition and replied that I would be there shortly to collect it. Of course, when I got there, some of the items were still unaccounted for due to the fact they must have been still in his house and they hadn't searched there yet. By this stage, the town was buzzing with the news. Events in my hometown don't stay secret for long. Harry was disgraced and promptly fired for his possession of drugs and stolen property and our respective bosses on behalf of the company had extended a formal apology towards me during the week. That night, I went to my parents' house and told both mine and Rachel's parents what had happened 
women, omitting certain details, and that I was moving back to the city after being promoted, but Catherine wouldn't be a part of it. They were pretty upset initially that I hadn't let them know what was going on, but were happy that I was handling everything maturely and hadn't sunk to their level. Though, they didn't agree with ghosting Catherine. But after some drinks, some laughs, and tears, I went home. On Friday afternoon, after a busy week of organizing cleaners for the following week, the real estate to put my house on the rental market and various other tasks in my hometown office, I packed some things into my car and I drove to my parents' place and said goodbye before the drive. Before leaving, I went to Becky's house. Becky had been one of Rachel's closest friends growing up. She was the only person who knew what was happening, minus the details about Harry. Without her help, I wouldn't have been able to organize everything as quickly as I had. I gave Becky a large manila folder with my gathered evidence of her cheating as well as a letter and a few other legal documents from my attorney stating that she was ordered not to contact me and the details of how to access her belongings located at the storage unit that I had rented out. After a quick goodbye, I left and I drove back to the city. On Sunday, I woke up to several missed calls, voice messages, and text messages. Turns out Catherine had come home early after being alerted to something being afoot in town, only to find an empty house with a for rent sign out in the front. Freaking out, she had gone to my parents who closed the door on her the moment they answered, forcing her to call everyone until she managed to somehow be contacted by Becky and told that she had a package for her. I was told she didn't take well to that, as I fully well knew at that point from the numerous angry texts and voice messages from her accusing me of setting up Harry, of being deceitful, etc. I was worried that she might show up at my front door, but nothing ever happened. Five weeks later, after leaving and being promoted, I write this out for you, dear reader. So, am I the jerk? Before we jump into the jerk or not a jerk in this nuclear revenge story, there are a bunch of questions that people had. So I'm going to try and go through some of the answers that he responded to people that were asking him questions. The biggest part when he addresses most of this is a section where he says, so one of the questions I keep getting asked is what happened to Harry? Why was I so hard coming down on him and why would I incriminate myself, especially on the internet? After making some inquiries back home to friends, a short answer is Harry is looking at a few months in prison as it's his first offense, but he could be out sooner. And I felt that it was necessary to the story. No one other than myself knew what I had planned to do with Harry, which is why I omitted quite a few crucial details that had the potential to truly identify me, as well as change up some of the descriptive language about the locations to potentially put this story anywhere in the world. Just for clarification, there was already more than enough evidence in his own home. I just provided the means for police to further investigate his activity in his home. That being said, I don't regret what I did to him, as he knew both Rachel and I growing up and knew how hard it was for me to pick up my life after she died. For those also asking if I'm worried about Harry finding out and pointing the authorities in my direction, I know that he doesn't use Reddit. I know Catherine has an account, but I haven't seen any recent activity to state that she has been on in some time. As for other Reddit users, who knows? Most of the people I'm friends with on my main account may recognize the story if they come across it, but as for browsing preferences outside of the subreddits we frequent in, I can't say. So when it comes to Catherine, because that's all the Harry stuff, he says that people have questioned why I didn't do more to her or why I stuck around for as long as I did. Honestly, I almost did kick her out after a few days, but I wanted to gather evidence and show proof of her cheating so that everyone knew what she had done. She is a major socialite. These are her own words. And I knew by exposing her, it would kill her reputation. As for what happened to her, I have been told that she moved to another state recently after being transferred. From the people I have spoken to today, she was put mainly on administrative duties before her transfer as there was quite a bit of backlash after the rumor 
rumor mill made its way around town. People have questioned the legality of what I did to her, moving all of her stuff out, sending her and her friends away, spending a good amount on the trip. Morally, I can see it's a pretty jerk move to build up her expectations of what she thought was going to happen. This combined with killing her status around town is my ultimate goal, to have her experience what it's like to have everything fall around you. But from a legal standpoint, I had every right. In the time that she had been living with me, she had never updated any of her personal information to reflect that she moved into my house. I found out this information during the course of my preparation with my lawyer and with no concrete proof on paper to show that she was residing there. And because she didn't meet the de facto status, I was able to do what I did with no threat of backlash. So, knowing everything you know, am I the jerk? Alright, this has got to be one of the nuttiest stories so far in the entire channel. I cannot believe the lengths that this guy went to in order to do this entire plan, to execute the entire thing. I think that what probably motivated this on a deeper underlying level is the fact that his friend Harry had been there when he lost his wife and future child, who he saw as the love of his life, it seems like, and then would go back and do this this all while acting normal with him all while acting like he's so excited to congratulate him about proposing to Catherine or at least that's what he thought was going to happen so maybe all of that just fueled this massive plan, this huge revenge plot. I mean, to be honest, I'm not really a fan of this whole get even by doing all this crazy stuff to hurt people in ways that are equal to how much they hurt you. I think the best thing to do here is the very first moment he saw what was happening, just leave. None of this is worth it. You're spending all this energy and time and really dragging out the hurt. I mean, once you find out that this is happening, just take what you got to take out and just get out of there. I mean, you could spend all this energy in rebuilding your life in a way that's positive for you rather than having to do all of this craziness, but I'm assuming that just due to the deep hurt of losing his wife, having one of his friends that was there during that time, being the culprit behind this, and then having his current girlfriend, Catherine, all in sync against you, deceiving you at the same time, maybe that just unlocked something deep in his mind where he couldn't just let it go. So let me know what you would do if you're in this situation, and who is the biggest jerk in this scenario with all of these different characters. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel, turn on notifications, and if you want to submit your own story, you can do so via the link down below.